Hello and welcome to another episode of the Viva Bastardo show brought to you by the Haggerty Podcast Network. Today we have Eugenio Amos, the founder, creator of the Lancia Futurista, the Lancia Delta Resto Mod, kind of arguably in some ways the godfather of the Resto Mod movement that's happened since then. Uh, we talk about him racing Paris-Dakar, we talk about him driving his kids to school in a group for Stratos, we talk about all sorts of things. It's an utterly fascinating podcast, so let's get into it. You're Daniel. <laughs> Round <Yes>. number two. <laughs> Finally. It might be so, the last one, hopefully. Uh, we're just the podcast will only be about you from now on. We're just, once a, once a month, we're just going to check in with you. See what? Wait, hang on. Before we get started, you just—I felt like I was having a small hallucinogenic situation. Did you just say your daily commuter is now an Evo Six Tommy Mackinnon edition? Uh, soon, yes. Bastardo, <laughs> get out! Um, there's this car which is going to be auctioned in uh, on Motor Heroes, which is the the. Um, the auction house online that I invested in uh, recently, and I'm trying this car on uh, on behalf of the the owner who wants to sell the car, and that's where I left the the the, the rear plugs. Well, I must say your sacrifice, your terrible sacrifice is oh, greatly yeah, appreciated. Sacrificed. <laughs> so I should start. Well, okay, let's start off with. Um, I'm gonna say, man, and I know you you may dispute this, but I'm gonna say you're the you're the you're the founder of the current resto mod frenzy. You're the you and Carlo Borromeo are the the you are the genesis, the Moses of this whole bloody resto mod tsunami that we're experiencing. Because for for those of the listeners who don't know, Eugenio and Carlo, you guys created the uh, Lancia Futurista, which is the Lancia Delta Integrale resto mod, and since then it has been a never-ending uh, bukake of resto mods. <laughs> If I can use the correct automotive word. What, what do you say to that, sir? Well, thank you very much. I'm honored by your words. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> maybe it's true. We've been inspired by Roof and Singer. But as you said, maybe uh, resto modding a Porsche, it's more given um, for granted than restoring um, your video has in a non-conservative way, way Lancia Delta. Your video has disappeared, Eugenio. Yeah, I've gone see very. That. You've gone very mysterious. There has been a long tradition of sort of Porsche, Porsche resto mod, but the idea of, I don't know, the idea of any other car being resto modded, it never really, it never really happened in the way that you guys did it, uh, and in particular, it's never really happened with these kind of these kind of cult cars like the Delta Integrale, and now you know we see it with the. The 037 and and, with, and the 928. I mean, I feel like there's almost no car that's not fit for resto mod now. Or the several uh, re, um, digital resto mods on the internet as well. Yeah, there's endless. Which came resto out of our trend, I think, a little bit. Yeah. So well, what that made was, you guys to us the easiest way to put a step into the automotive industry? Um, but was you know was that, I, a, I, was that always a dream? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've always been collecting cars, racing cars, and uh, like trading cars for um, for passion. And I really wanted to 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 become a businessman into the automotive industry, and that was the easiest way. Well, not quite easy because it took us like five years from dreaming the car to actually delivering the cars. And I can proudly say that we delivered car number 20 now. But what so we didn't you, go to jail, you... we didn't go bankrupt. <laughs> you didn't have to smuggle, you didn't have to sell cocaine like a DeLorean. <laughs> but, but let me ask you this, man. What, what is it that made you want to... Why, like, you know, most people are quite satisfied with collecting cars or buying cars or racing cars or whatever it happens to be. Why did you want to make a car? What, what, for what reason? Well, several reasons. I mean, um, cars are my passion, and I wanted to transform my passion into uh, an actual business, even though not extremely 
profitable, to be honest. It might be profitable in the, in the near future or in the future in general. Um, I wanted to, 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 to put my name there. And, uh, and I know in a way we made history and our names will always be connected to, to the automotive. And that was the main, the main drive. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to do the thing you did because you, you, what you, what you, I, I, I feel as though if you had a conversation before all this resto mod frenzy had happened, before the, the futurista had happened, if you had said to someone, you know what, I'm going to make, a, I want a resto mod, um, a delta integrale, it would have been like heresy, you know. Absolutely. It, it, and and I think I suspect well, that when it's still you, a heresy for most of the, the fanatics. Well, because, yeah, but, but well, in Italy but, you don't touch la mamma, you don't touch la <laughs> Okay, but but did did you? It's did, like when putting you were... uh, panna like whipped cream into into the carbonara recipe. <laughs> it's like something you well, that, just that's, don't do. Oh, that's delicious, though. You guys don't do that, or a little bit of ketchup? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely me, so, not. So did you talk to people before you did the Futurista? Did you talk to people say, hey, we're thinking about doing this thing? And what was, what was most people's reaction when you said you wanted to do that? Well, nice idea, but you would never be able to sell all these cars at that amount of money. It's impossible. Nah, nah, nah. And uh, I hesitated so many times about uh, my idea, our idea. We all hesitated a lot. But then on the other side, um, hearing people going against our idea was also part of the motivation to keep on, on going with the idea. So I'm grateful I, to, I, to the people who supported, but I'm also grateful to the people who didn't support us. I, I, think, that, I think that's genius, actually, man. I think that, that, that that's wildly undervalued. The, the, the people who don't support un, really underestimate the power they have in, in, in motivating people like you to go forward. Absolutely. I agree. So, so you, you made this car and, 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 and is this, I feel like from an OCD perspective for me, when I own old, old cars, you, when you've lived and uh, when you've owned a bunch of old cars, you, and you've lived with them, you always notice after a while, all the things that you'd like just to fix a little bit, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the main problems with, uh, with the engineers and with Podiman Advanced Technology, which is the company who actually built uh, the car on our behalf, that we were always looking for something better and better and better. But at a certain point, you have to stop and say, okay, we have to keep it like this. Otherwise, uh, you start from a reasonable budget and you end in jail with a bad <laughs> Right. So, okay. What were the in the in the Delta Integrale? What were the say the top three or four things that you felt really were missing or needed to be just tweaked on the original one? Yeah, on the original. Uh, well, the detail which we invested more time into, and also a reasonable amount of the budget, uh, was the rear uh, headlight, as it was not perfectly connected to the fender and the reason why it's because the the, the body of the, the the delta integrale was the same one from 1976 which the car was not on steroids yet but they kept the same headlights you mean tail so lights the, or headlights tail lights sorry you, sorry tail lights okay so you have these tiny tail lights that didn't change since 1976 while the whole car grew uh, during the years. So it's like having, I don't know, <laughs> this shirt when I was 12 and using the same shirt now that I'm 37 and you would see there's something. <laughs> Hang on a minute. This is, the, this is a, such a surprising wrong. revelation. <laughs> this is a really surprising revelation, Eugenio. I asked you, like, like the, what are the top three things you wanted to fix about the, the Delta? And I would thought you'd say, well, you know, more power or better chassis or, you know, geometry or whatever. And you talk about the rear taillights. That is an amazing, that is the that's, kind of thing. That's that only the OCD. A... I mean, yeah, exactly. we want to talk about the handling and the power and everything, these are details that everybody would give for granted. Everybody already tuned the, uh, the Delta in all different, we say salsas. 
uh, and all <laughs> different, right. with all the different toppings available. But we went extensively on small details that mattered to us. The re- yeah. I think the reason why we are successful is because we do the things that we like for ourselves. Sure. All, all the merchandise, the motorcycle here behind, the Delta, the little Unimatic, everything we do, we do it for ourselves. Right. Not to please the well, others. That's really, that, look, that's, that's, that's why the, we that's... want to go into, into details. I think that's actually incredibly telling, really. And I kind of love that because the idea that the first thing you talk about is the taillight is that's that's the idea of someone who is who really, really has has looked at a car, has, has, has scrutinized it, has loved that car. And it's always the small, tiny things when you've lived with a car and you love a car. It's always the tiniest of things that you that bother you, I find. I agree. You know, like the way the way a door handle is is designed, or the way this particular knob should be like two inches over, and then it would be perfect. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. The door handle has the same exactly design of the, of the original one, but it's three millimeters uh, thinner. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought but that up, man. Because I always felt like it was too. In the door <laughs> I always felt like it was too fat. It was too yeah, fat. Yeah, exactly. door also, weight savings, huge weight savings right there. Uh, I'm not sure because the original one was in plastic and our one is in plastic. <laughs> okay. All right. Forget that. Okay. So let's just go back a little bit. So you are the godfather, for better or worse, of the current um, resto mod tsunami. Um, but uh, you are also, um, actually, generally speaking, Eugenio, you are, as a person, massively annoying because you because you live this fucking amazing life <laughs> that everyone wants don't don't believe the social media surely that no it look it's all perfect man don't don't ruin the dream don't ruin the dream so you are also a race car driver you also really irritatingly have done paris dakar which is a dream of mine twice <laughs> kicking the nuts twice T- tell us about, tell me about that, man. What, what's that experience like? Um, well, when I was a kid and uh, my father was still alive, my, my family was producing, uh, had a, a company producing tools, screwdrivers. They've been sponsoring uh, Formula One and MotoGP championships for many, many years, supplying all the teams. So I think the, the addiction came out from my my family and when i was a kid my father used to let me race go-karts um i never raced go-karts professionally so i don't have a, a typical background and as soon as i was 18 19 and i had uh, a, a little quantity of money to invest into races i started racing at very low uh, levels uh, didn't you get some initial? Cars, didn't you get some initial local rally cars with Peugeot one hundred six or Citroen Saxos, Group N, like barely barely tuned cars, just a, uh, um, a roll cage, a steering wheel, and uh, race buckets, helmet on, and trying to race. Then I wanted to do it more professionally, so I went into circuit racing, and I had quite some uh, satisfaction over there winning some amateur championship and also professional ones in the amateur categories. And then following a bad crash that happened to one of the competitors during the 24 hours of SPA in 2014, I decided to quit um, as my wife was pregnant. And I stopped for a couple of years and then I decided to go racing um, off-roads. And that's where the, the Dakar thing started. So I was born in 1985, back in these years, early 90s. The Dakar was still at the peak as an adventure, as a race. And I have these very sweet memories of following the race in Morocco with my father on a Land Rover. And my father... Wait, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Just, wait, hold on. Hold on. You were... T- <laughs> Hold on a second. This is all lunacy. So, wait, your dad would take you on holiday to Morocco. Um, yeah. Where, incidentally, I am from. I don't know if you know that. But, no. But, um, 
Yeah, my, my mother was, was uh, from Morocco. Casablanca. Hmm? Where in Morocco? Where, uh, my father Morocco? used to live in uh, Marrakesh. Oh, I grew up in Casablanca. Cool. And I, I spent lots of time over there. I, but I hang on, so... Oh, it's a it's extraordinary, man. It's a yeah, but wait. So but, he would you would go there and you would follow the race in a in a in a Land Rover. My father used to own a uh, Defender one hundred ten with the little bed on the top, and him and his uh, second wife would sleep on the on the on the roof on the on the sorry on the on the ten, on the little tent, and I used to get frozen trying to sleep under my jacket on 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 the rear seats and you would watch the race go by correct god that's a what an experience how old were you 11 yeah. or, or uh no 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 what an amazing much younger i was like 7 or 8 something like that well i mean that's extraordinary and that's a, that's the kind of experience that that begins everything for a kid right that that Absolutely. Plant something inside. They plant something inside of you that then you that goes on. I mean, that would probably explain a lot of why you what you do what you do. I would guess. Talk about Have we seats. Lost you? I I I I like fancy lifestyle, but I also like very much sleeping in tents <laughs> and sleeping in RVs and not having a shower for a couple of days. And it all started back then. Right. So, so your first Paris Dakar, when did you do that? Uh, that was 2016. On a Canam. Sorry. What, what a, was that experience? In a what? Sorry. On a Polaris. Okay. What is, I don't know what a Polaris is, man. And we had an amazing livery done by George Bamford. Black and blue. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. But what was the... I mean, look, I've, I've watched Paris Dakar endlessly, and I've, you know, I'm sure like countless of millions of, of now middle-aged men, I've dreamt about the idea of doing it, but you've done it twice, as you point out. And, and what's that... What's it like? Like, I, it's, I know it's such a ridiculous question, but what's, is it as exciting as you imagine it to be? Well, I was a fan of the African Dakar uh, yeah. back in the years where you had very little security, uh, when you could lose yourself and not be found for a couple of days. Uh, now all these things cannot happen. It's way safer, but at the same time, it's way more competitive. Uh, all the cars are very close within each other, motorcycles as well. And it's more, I would say, rather than adventure, um, it's a very high level sport event with athletes. It's more of a corporate. It's, it, it's it's more of a it's more corporate now than it used to be. I mean, the absolutely, part of the, reason but I love the, the whole world is corporate nowadays. Well, I don't think I mean, you're so corporate. The, the, the promoter of the Dakar, it's the same promoter of the Tour de France, the the, right. the bicycle race, and the, they are the editor of L'Equipe, which is the, the French uh, uh, daily magazine of sports, the equivalent of Gazzetta dello Sport in Italy. I think they cannot take the responsibility for any casualties or people getting lost or things like that. It's a I mean, business the, for them, part of, and they need to run it as a business. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but that's part of what the appeal was for me when I was a kid watching Dakar. Is that it? It just seemed like it was like it, it was like sort of a piracy on the sand dunes. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? it just seemed like if you if any, if, one way, if you had the money, you could just uh, son got lost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and exactly. He literally got lost for three days. It, the, yeah, the MI6 yeah. was sent, all the, all the British Army, Royal Air Force, looking <laughs> That's for right. the, the guy. Yeah. That was a high point in British politics, yeah, other than today, of course. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I I mean, that's kind of why I liked why I fell in love with Group B, because Group B seemed like to me the last golden era of kind of, of real lunacy when 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 
things weren't so constrictive. Um, well, I think quite also, interesting also what you're during doing. the Delta years was like that. If you think of uh, yeah, uh, the, that's uh, true. Uh, the, the safari rally was, was, was insane. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So now you've done the Futurista and, 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 it was a, and it was a success beyond seemingly what you thought it was going to be, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. And I, t I think I mentioned this last time. You inspired me to make my own totally half-assed version of your car. <laughs> I made well, like a cheap Bastardo version. Than mine. No, <laughs> no, 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 man. I wish, I wish, sadly not. Um, so you've done the Futurista and now you have capital you have you have credibility capital yeah right and, credibility and, is the the key word now and yeah. it makes so what's making my life much easier right i'm sure it is because now people are like oh he's the guy who did futurista as opposed to before you were like the people like oh he's the guy who wants to make a delta resto mod no one's going to buy that correct and it also so gave me a lot of self-confidence and self-esteem I, I believe that I can now do whatever I want. You just put passion in. No, 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 in a good way. No, not, not like. Right. Not like a Bond villain kind of way. No, 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 no. Absolutely not like a Bond villain. <laughs> I think that I, if you put effort, passion, and the right people working with you and for you, then you can do pretty much everything. Eugenio, I hate to break it to you, man, but I have a feeling that you've always felt like you could do whatever you want. And I point as evidence to your green F40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe. Uh, okay. No, no, no. no uh, can I, I just explain to, to everyone? I, can I just explain to everyone what that is? Can I, I just have to explain to everyone what that, what that reference is so they know what yeah. I'm talking about. Eugenio bought... Uh, what do you want? Do you want? You should tell the story <laughs> so people understand you were bastardo before you knew you were bastardo. Okay, so um, I bought an F40, a very special F40 owned by a famous Italian collector through an auction house, which I won't mention. Um, on 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 the on the on the book of the auction. They stated that the car had the original plates, which is very important to me, especially if you have an F40. In Italy, unfortunately, we have these blue, white, and blue number plates, which completely ruins the aesthetic of the, the car. I bought the car, very happy, got drunk, went back home. They asked to pay the car, send the, send the money. And I asked for the documents and they said, well, the car comes without the documents. I said, no, you, you, it's written that the car comes with the document. They said, yes, it comes means that we physically have the number plates, but the, 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 the documents and the plates have been canceled. So you cannot use these Italian documents for the car. You have to re-register the car and say, oh my God, how can I live with a red Ferrari F40? with the new number plates from the year 2016 or 17, blue, white, and blue. I said, fuck it, now I'm going to repaint the car, <laughs> even though it was. This is, this is, this is amazing, man. <laughs> Single ownership, uh, five or six or 7,000 kilometers. I said, okay, now it's going to be, and that's the car that made me famous. Not famous, but it famous. Is. <laughs> right. it, well, it's F -A -M -O -S. okay. There's... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, but this is amazing because this is uh, I. I mean, this is. I feel like this could be the best car story I've ever heard in my entire life because <laughs> you changed. You painted a super valuable Ferrari. Repaint it because you didn't. You thought it would clash with the color of the license plate. That's genius to me. Yeah. Thank you. And I had some, some issues with that car as well, because, oh, sorry, you cannot touch La Mama, you cannot touch La Delta, and you cannot touch the F40. So people were well, saying, I will oh, say, man, when I see... The, the F40 must be red, you cannot repaint the F40. I said, I can do whatever I want. It's my car. And, and, and that's exactly what I did. And I think that yeah, car but... has also gained a little in the automotive history in terms of uh, absolutely man 
Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I'd also, and I, so, okay, I'm going to say two things. One is that you, 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 you're the, you started the Restomod craze, and you also seem to have invented the color green. Uh, well, no, to be honest, no. I mean, uh, Ruth's <laughs> color has always been green. Uh, it's inspired by the original British racing green. And I think that green yeah. is the color that, that, I, that I like the most because it's both sporty and elegant. So you could go to a very fancy dinner with a green car, but you can also go to circuit racing with a green car and it would suit both, both worlds perfectly. I I, look, I I know that there are other. I know roof was traditionally green, all the rest of it, man. But I I am so I am laying the blame completely at your feet with the because the the F forty a green F forty first of all looks so much better than a red F forty. Red I I'm personally not a red fan. I never like red sports cars I agree. unless I if I, honest, if I can totally agree with you. you just. It, it's just such a cliche. But but when you made your green F forty, it totally reintroduced the idea of a of a. I think it just reintroduced that idea of a color, and now, uh, weak-minded, milk-toast bastardo that I am, I'm also copying you, and I made the Guara, Borromeo's favorite car in green, <laughs> just like you. I mean, why not? I, I think we spoke already about this. When, when you do things with respect, and, and, and you have a certain level of culture, and I think the two things are very, very well connected between them. Then people cannot complain about what you do because if you have culture and you have respect, it means that you love what you're doing and you're doing it in a way that is sustainable and, and doable. Well, I guess That's I would agree with that. On, on, I would agree that on principle, but I suspect that everyone, because everyone has different ideas of what culture and passion are, you know, like as you say, some people who think some people think a red F forty should never be touched, but I think, well, that, as you say, it's your cup. No, no, no. This I disagree. It's like with taste. Taste is not subjective. I think taste is objective, and culture is also objective. Either you have it or you don't. God, and I know it might be bold. I, I, I mean, look, I, I, I truly believe in this statement. It's really bold, man. Because I, I, I wish, I wish that I wish taste uh, was objective. Because then it would mean there are specific. Th well, I guess, I guess there are. I guess maybe. I guess there are things that are, without question, considered tasteful globally. But but it's a, just a question whether you like them or not. The question is: Are you motivated by the right? Uh, questions to understand if it, if you like you really like it or not. Yeah. Do you have That's the true. instruments to to understand if you like it or not? Based on which elements you say you like it or not, and that's culture. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so let's just go uh, back. This to is the, So you've I'm done saying, a few. What's that? I, I'm just saying that this is my opinion. This is what I think, and I truly believe in what I think, and I stick to my beliefs when I do my stuff. Well, that and that comes across in all the decisions you've made, at least outwardly visible to the world. In the in the context, the, the you know the green F40, the Futurista, all those things—they are things that you make for yourself. But as it turns out, because you have excellent taste, which sat which saddens me to say. <laughs> they, the world loves Thank them you. too. <laughs> well, it's you know that man. I mean, you, you you clearly do. So so okay. So you've got the futurista. So now you say the doors are open. So what what are the doors open for for the next few car projects? I know we had mentioned this before, but uh, can you talk about it, or is it top secret? Or uh, no, basically no, no. It's not top secret. Um, so. The, 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 the Futurista project was quite successful. Uh, we wanted to, to produce 20 cars. We promised to our customers that we were only going to produce 20 cars, even though we had requests for 
almost more than double. Um, we decided to go all in um, building this next car called Safarista, which is going to be the, the rally version of the Futurista. Uh, less compromise in terms of interiors and stuff, but also less compromise in terms of uh, mechanical content. It's going to be a full-spec rally car. And we are almost 100% sure that it's going to be road legal also. And it's going to be produced in um, 10 examples. And we started the production of the prototype few months ago so, so why, why only 10 examples uh i'm not sure there's market for more than 10 i want to be completely honest i've scaled it on a way that was uh, reasonable both for us as a company and for the customers in terms of the price because it's now very easy to say 1 million 2 million 1 million 0.5 but i I think we need to stay with the with the feet on the ground and uh, and raising the bar step by step, not going crazy without having the the expertise, the knowledge, and uh, the name. Eventually. So okay, so but are are you doing things? I I feel that I feel like uh, that maybe you're doing things. Are you doing anything beyond? The Delta, like, uh, are you making a new We car? are working on the, <laughs> if anyone wants to complain, it needs to do it with Carlo. He convinced me to do this bloody electric car. We are <laughs> trying to find the funds. No, I, I really love the project we're working on. Uh, I've never been a fan of uh, electric cars until I test drove the Taycan Turbo R. And we are trying to give that uh, high-end level performances, uh, but trying to put some distinctive elements of the internal combustion engine. <laughs> well, and hang on a minute, like, like what? So will you have like a, will you have like a little bottle I mean, of oil that just drips? Sorry, say it again. Well, I was going to say, to, if you're going to have these elements of internal combustion, will you have, for instance, like a little bottle of oil that just drips onto the floor? But you, <laughs> and that's all it does. Its only function is to make oil. Maybe we will have a few <laughs> Easter eggs. <laughs> that would I, okay, that is my gift to you and, and Borromeo, man, is that, is, that, is that you could have an optional bottle of oil that just drips onto the floor under the car. <laughs> so you could have the same Tesla. experience of an... In, <laughs> Tesla style. So wait, so uh, can you? This is interesting. So what what elements of ICE engines or cars do you think you would have in an electric car that that are missing? We were basically the the, the conceptually the idea that we had is very easy. What do we like of the internal combustion engine that is missing on the electric car, and it's missing from the other electric cars? And we've been working on uh, very creatively. As we, the, 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 the good thing about our company is that it's very, very small, very tiny. And we are extremely mentally very free. We can do whatever we want. Okay, so can, we are, we are, well, we, can, we, can you we give? Can do exactly what we want, talk about whatever we want, and try to do whatever we want. So you are. I feel like you're you're reluctant to give me an example of one of these things. These are, are these are these trade secrets. <laughs> you can't say. I, I can't. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a look. Conceptually, I find that very interesting. I mean, I, I've. Really, but I, I can I've... I can talk about the design of the car. Okay. Uh, basically, it's like. Um, a Dakar car, like a buggy, um, which had sex with a Stratos, and uh, they generated this <laughs> this very strange creature that sits in the garage. It sounds like it's a multipla. 
uh, Stratos and uh, maybe it was a threesome with a uh, with a, a, a Renault 5 uh, Turbo GT. <laughs> now there's a video I would like and to see. And it came out Eugenio. this monstrous machine. <laughs> Well, I find it fascinating because when you say, um, you see, I've, I've, I've only driven an electric car a couple of times, but I've really enjoyed it. And I think part of the enjoyment, I think if you, if you enjoy, the important thing to enjoying electric cars is not to compare them to other kinds of cars, to normal Correct. cars. Correct. Would you um, compare a horse to a Ford Model T? Yeah, exactly. Which exactly. is the predecessor in terms of mobility. Yeah. yeah. So when so it's an interest it's a really interesting intellectual uh, question like what do you miss like what I like what do I like about internal combustion cars why well, I love the way they sound you know the exhaust for me is everything uh, Absolutely. but all the but all the rest of it is just that's that's all generic like the handling the speed the acceleration that's just generic that you know that that there's no I mean electric arguably does it all better yeah I agree but take for example. Most of the modern cars, let's take bloody Maserati, for example. I saw this SUV like two days ago, and when it's like on, on the idol, on, uh, on the cold start, you hear, and then you realize it's a diesel car, and you ask yourself, where is this V8 sound coming from? And then you, 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 you go under the wheels, and you see these big loudspeakers. Is it, is it so totally I'd rather fake? have a car which is not sounding than having a car that sounds fake. Well, th th that's interesting, man, because I think about the sound of an electric car all the time. And I am totally into the, I find the idea of artificial sound in the context of electric car doesn't bother me at all. It bothers me with an internal combustion car. But with an electric car, I feel like I would like my car to sound like a TIE fighter from Star Wars. Yeah. That's true. That's that's the feeling you have when you drive the 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 Taycan and the and the Audi. It's very very Star Wars. So then you then then do you, so you would would you design your own sound for your car? Don't be too pushy with your questions, please. <laughs> But the oh, answer shit. is definitely I'm in trouble. yes. And, and <laughs> I give you, I give you a little uh, insight. We're not designing; we're actually generating the sound, which is a very different story. Otherwise, oh, we is... would be like Maserati. Ah, ah, that's interesting. Or BMW. So... Can you imagine? Right. I, my my previous daily commuter was the Audi S3, like 2021, so the most recent one. Obviously, everybody knows that it has four cylinder and it's a turbo car. When you when you go full throttle, it sounds like the RS3. It has the sound of the five cylinders, and it comes from the bloody loudspeaker made by Bose. I didn't know that. I didn't, I'm I'm so unaware of this whole situation. I didn't know there were loudspeakers. I mean, no it, it is. Okay, but they've been using loudspeakers uh, for for several years. And at the beginning was just to, at the beginning they were more discreet because they were using that to amplify the original sound. But then they were modifying the sounds. So a four cylinder now sounds like a five cylinder and a bloody diesel sounds like a V8 petrol. Well, so I'd rather stay with a, with, a, with a very silent Tesla than a fake V8, to be honest. No, I'm, I agree with you. I'm, I'm very intrigued by your, I feel like you may have opened the door slightly to some of your top secret secrets. When you, when you yes. talk, and I'm very intrigued by that because it's interesting not to generate a, but when you say not to create a sound, but, but because I'm sure that there's sounds in electric cars that you don't hear that actually could be amazing, but of a different kind of nature. That could be heard. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, how interesting, man. Well, I'm available for consulting if you, uh, if you, <laughs> I will ask Carlo to send you a little uh, little video. <laughs> I, would, I would love that, man. I would love that. So, what do you make of? Um, I'm interested to know what you make of the contemporary crop of uh, supercars. I obviously have opinions, but I'm sure you have way more, way better opinions. Uh, 
Well, that's a very complicated question. I mean, um, I own the P1, uh, which has been the, the last modern uh, car, hypercar that I bought. Um, and I collected the car with my friends, Max and Emanuele. Uh, we were all driving. I was driving the P1, he was driving the 918 and Emanuele um, the La Ferrari. And it was crazy because I remember that back then, I think we could arguably say that only three supercar existed from like mainstream uh, brands. And now it's too crazy because they base all their business models on these limited editions, which are not limited at all. And again, when I spoke about culture, I think culture means that the owner of the car should be as nice and represent the brand as much as the car is. And if you see the people collecting and buying these cars are people who I wouldn't want to go for a lunch with. <laughs> Clearly, you're not interested in buying a Lamborghini then. And no, and uh, <laughs> to be honest, you know the little say that, uh, that the fox that wants to, to get the grape, but she can't, so she said, oh, I don't like the grape. Uh, wait, what, I'm, wait, what was that, man? I have no idea. <laughs> With the fox? <laughs> it's, it's an Italian uh, way of saying. Okay. So there is this little fox who once who, uh, goes into the, the countryside and she sees this um, grape uh, tree and she yeah. wants to get the grape. I love the grape. I will love the grape, but she can't stay. She can't stay here. So at a certain point, she gives up and she says, okay, no, I don't like the grape. And uh, <laughs> uh, this is what happening to, to us as well. I might say that I don't like the supercars because I can't buy them anymore. Because either you are part ah, okay. of the group with the CRMs and all these stories or you, you can't. I mean, it's interesting. That's interesting. If you had all the money in the world, would you, would you want to have those cars? I feel like I wouldn't. I feel like the only car, the only supercar I'd be interested in buying would be a. a I, I really love Koenigsegg because I love. I think I love the design. I love the engineering and the genius like behind Koenigsegg as well. All the technology, yeah. the, the 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 useful technology they have. Did you see the automatic gearbox that it's also <laughs> manual? Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, been, I've been thinking how on, on, on that solution for, for several years, I said, how complicated can that be? I thought it was very easy to do, if, especially if you were, I don't know, Audi or a big group with uh, lots of uh, R&D money to, to, to throw into such a project. And the only one who came with that idea is Koenigsegg, which is crazy. But I, I like I the speed like tail. I, I like the speed tail a lot. The McLaren. And I like the aesthetics and the sound of the V12 of the Valkyrie. Valkyrie. The, McLa the McLaren. You, sorry, the McLaren speed tail. Speed tail. I like the speed tail. Okay. Okay. I like the. Okay. They're all the same BS because it's it's a limited model that it has been declined on several models. So it's a P1 or whatever car it is. Uh, but I like the fact that they went very in a very bold way into something in terms of design and aesthetic that has nothing to do with, uh, with, uh, with, 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 with any other. Yeah. Well, what, I mean, I do think that I find, I find that, um, there's something I, I find, I guess that I wouldn't be interested in buying any new cars because I feel like they, all the new supercars have just, they just, they feel like they're just investment vehicles now. Exactly. Exactly. And I find that I sad. absolutely agree with you. Well, if, yeah, you, they're, they're, if you think the, the unicorn that I own or the, the, the S4 or the Deltas or the Mitsubishi Evo, all these cars were made with a purpose that was to homologate the racing version of these cars. Now, race cars looks like race cars, but they have no nothing to do with the actual race cars. And it's so sad right. to me because you cannot identify with them 
Uh, I grew up in 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 the in the 90s with the Lancia winning the 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 WRC and having a, a Martini edition of the car that was winning was something really special because you could relate to the actual race car and having the the, the road one that you could use to to commute the family or doing the groceries. Well, that, that's why. That's what. Even your American audience, am I allowed to smoke live or not? <laughs> yes, you feel free, man. Okay, thanks. I'll I lose know all you asked already. It's not a joint. It's tobacco. <laughs> I will lose I all my multi-million. I'm, I'm going to lose all my multi-million dollar sponsors, man. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's funny you say that because that's exactly why I started collecting homologation cars, and that's why I bought back my 037, which just arrived two nights ago. Uh, I that, saw that, it. The, 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 the romance, man, the proximity. I, look, I'm not a driver like you, and I don't have those skills. But the, the proximity. But you don't need to be a driver. You need to have a big heart and culture. We already spoke right. about that. <laughs> yeah, but, and, and for yeah. me, it's just it's so incredibly romantic. The, the, pro, to, the idea of being that close to something that extraordinary. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, there's something beautiful about that. That that uh, I mean, it's something genuine. Yeah, that's right. It's genuine. Yes, it's, it's authentic. It's it's true. It's authentic, so, and it's in its pre-marketing department. That's right. That's exactly right, man. You're right. I mean, it feels like it feels like everything has been strategized now. Now I feel like I'm just yeah. going to go to, I'm going to, now I feel like I'm going to fall down some old man wormhole of like, you know, oh, I was better in the old days, but. Exactly. Because it's back then their thought was, okay, we need to go racing. We need to win. Unfortunately, the FIA told us that we have to build some road cars. Okay. Let's build the road cars that are exactly like the, the race cars. While now, they build the cars on, on, on the request of a very small portion of the audience, which has lots of money, little taste, and little culture. Right. That's why I insist on culture and taste, because it's not something that is global. It's something that either you have or you don't. And I insist on this point. Eugenio, I, I find it a total joy talking to you, man, because you are... You are, you are you are so, um, I don't know, man, you just, you, there's something lovely about talking to someone who is just so definitive. <laughs> I mean, I, I truly believe in what I say. And I, I know. I base my life on, uh, on these thoughts. Yeah. So, and eventually on, on what I do. So what, what's the, this electric car that you, that Borromeo has has beaten you into doing what, what what's the story with that is that when are you looking for investors is it have you got a project a prototype that i can come I, to... I will be honest as usual i think that in when we started that idea 2019 2020 it was ridiculous to think that we could find invest that we could have found investors for a new supercar or whatever it is Buggy SUV, whatever you want to call it, SUV buggy supercar um, with internal combustion engine. So we said, where are the money? The money are where the electric cars are. So we we decided to go that way, but using petrol head like a traditional petrol head approach. So did you find investors, or you're still looking? We're still looking. Okay. What do you make of? Uh... Jim Glickenhaus and what he's doing. I really like what he does. Uh, we never got along very well. I don't know why. There's a little bit of uh, a little bit of dissing and beef. He blocked me on the on the Instagram. <laughs> that is that is so gloriously adolescent. I love it, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's a little bit of a boomer, but he's he's a genius. I mean, I've got to say, look, I, it's interesting. Um, I saw pictures of that car that he, the, the sports car, he's now selling, um, and it's very interesting because I think the the he he he's got he has unbelievable cars, but he is not a man I think who has um, very good uh, aesthetic taste. 
So what... I agree with that, and that's the reason why we had this little beef because I allowed myself to give him some uh, suggestions on uh, on the Instagram, which he clearly didn't. Uh, but I, I came with a very positive approach, and uh, I mean, we we've been living in the same garage for the last four or five years because his cars are built at Podium Advanced Technologies which is the same uh, company that builds and do the engineering of the Futurista and the Safarista and the electric car. And at a certain point, I thought that we could do something together, but that's, it, it wasn't the case for him, clearly. Right. I mean, I, look, I really, ad- I really admire and respect what he's doing in the context of Le Mans. He has and, a view, but he's lacking, maybe because he's American, he's lacking the other aspects that are fundamental on, uh, on 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 more than building a car on building a brand he's not building a brand unfortunately because he yeah, has everything I... there in order to have a super mega cool brand but he he just doesn't understand how to build the brand that's that's my opinion and i'm saying this live and i would say this to him personally sure. i don't disagree i mean look i spent a long time in advertising and and I, I have a sense of, you know, experience, a little bit of experience in terms of brand building and all the rest of it. And one of the things that's important is that everything matters. All the details matter. So when I look at what you're doing with your brand, I see that everything that you make, everything you make is beautifully made. The graphic design is beautifully done. Like all the little details, like your little badger, all those things are beautifully done. And all that stuff is really important. And when I look at what Glickenhaus is doing, I admire hugely his accomplishments and and the scope of his vision. But I also see that like the small things are not being paid attention to. Like when I went to see yeah. the sports car he's making, he, I agree. he has these on, on the outside of the car, he has these three little dials, these little gauges by the gas tank or something, which I think is a super cool detail. I love that as an idea. But then and this sounds But ridiculous, it's awfully, awfully it's Yeah. As a friend of mine would say it's Bad taste with the best intentions. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the dials, the gauge of the typography was terrible. And I just think, it, it, and, it, and as, and I, Jim, I know, to me, you I know. be listening to us. I'm sorry. I love you. Whatever you need, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, funnily enough, when I look at Pagani, I look at, I look at, I mean, one of my pet peeves of Pagani is I feel like it's just, especially the new one. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like that. Well, first of all, and I, I know this is utterly ridiculous to talk, talk about, but in the context of a car, but the typography, his logo is from like a 1989 Windows drop down menu font selection. <laughs> and then all of it's just, it's just all too Liberace in there for me. But then again, I don't want to insult anybody. No, of course, of course. That we all have different tastes. But if you see the audience he's talking to, that's exactly what they want. Sure, that's right. So I don't know. So you also had a didn't you have a you have a McLaren? Uh, do you have an SLK GTR? Whatever it is, one of those insane Le Mans things. Don't you have one of those? CLK GTR. CLK, that's it. CLK. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. If you see the typography of that car, it's exactly the typography of the E class or the C class. That's right. That's right. They just but that's kind the dashboard. of yeah how's that to drive it's a beautiful car to drive and it's not even that complicated as one could think of is it as good to drive as say the jaguar xj220 <laughs> let's let's do a double test i never drove the xj220 and you are more than welcome to, to test drive the, the clk uh, I would be terrified Which to drive been that car. The pension. It's my pension. It's it's what? The, the, you know when you stop working and you get money from the taxes you pay? Oh, your pension. pension, the pension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I sadly, I wish I could say the same for the XJ220. It's, it's At least at the moment, it's definitely not my pension. I, I tell you a funny little story about the the CLK. So when I bought the CLK, I agreed with the seller on the price. I called the bank and I tell them, 
hi guys, you need to wire this amount of money for a car. And for literally 45 seconds, which to me lasted like two years, I had no answer. They said, are you joking? I said, no, 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 it's, it's true. And when I was signing the contract, my hands were shaking. I said, what a, what a, this is something very stupid. How will I tell my family, the, the bank that I, throwing all this money away into, okay. into a car. And then well, it turned wait, out when, that I was right. You tell her you were, wait, when did you buy the car? Uh, 2016. Okay, so you're a genius, basically. You, I you're, was, you're genius. You, you're I genius, Amos. <laughs> 30 years old. And I was thinking on, on the inheritance that I got from my father and my grandfather, and they were... I thought they were like throwing stones at me from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. now they have okay. to say that I, I was right. Yeah, I mean, uh, did that car? What did that triple in value over the last four years? I don't know. We will see it. <laughs> it's an indiscreet. It. It's an indiscreet question. It's an indiscreet question. Well. <laughs> I mean, look, me buying back my 037 was kind of stupid. That's in some ways really stupid. I don't even know. I, I just, I, I, it was a totally, I was, I, I'd sold it to a friend of mine. We kept in touch. He, he said to me casually, oh, I'm going to be moving back to this. I'm, leave, I'm not going to be living in America for much longer. I'll probably have to sell my cars. I said, oh, well, you know, sell me the 037. And I just said it as a joke. And then he said, okay. And then I was screwed. <laughs> easily. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you though, man. When I saw that car, I it, it was it. I'm sure you must have driven one, right? Oh, three seven, yes. Um, I do, used do you... to own um, a Stratos Group Four that I use. Me too. Not as a daily commuter, but almost. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I drove it. I had a normal Stratos. The O three seven, like one time. But not very extensively, so I'm not very familiar. I, I know the car very well, but I, I haven't driven the car properly. God, I had a, I had a regular Stratos, and <laughs> I, I felt like I would, I would sneeze, and I would have accidentally crossed three lines of in three, three, okay. three. Uh, you know, I would have gone, yeah, I would have gone across the entire highway. But in the, in the, in the, in the, it was just so light. What was a Group Four Stratos like? Uh, mine was red, red orange. Okay. Um, I remember the the balsa, like the the gear knob in wood. Yeah. Very very difficult to to change, especially with cold uh, cold weather. But it was. You had to start in second gear. Hmm. You have to start in second gear. Sometimes yes. Yeah. Downhill, and releasing the clutch. <laughs> yeah. You almost daily drove that car? Yeah, I used to bring my eldest son to the kindergarten with the... With Fuck! Oh my God. You're like a much better version of me. You are, you are Toledano 2.0. <laughs> I'm like, or else I'm the beta version of, of Amos beta version. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing, no, man. You took we, your kid we, to kindergarten in the strata? No, but man, I've got to say, like taking the, uh, you know what? That's it. You have thrown down a challenge, Eugenio. I'm going to take Lulu to school in the 037. Okay, that's, that's, please send me a picture. <laughs> All right, picture, it didn't happen. Um, Do you want me to one last thing I want to talk to you about, man. How I put the kids in the last two days. Did you do what? Do you want me to move what the iPad and show you how I commute my kids? Oh, yeah, yeah, I... show, yeah, 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 show me, please, show us. Just give me one second, sorry. And how then do after I turn? this, I have one. <laughs> what are you, what's going on? We've lost you. I don't know how oh, to turn the camera. Oh, <laughs> 
you're like me, man. You it, you just you, you could just turn the iPad around. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that the Tommy Mackinnon? I can't see it's so dark. Yeah, it's TME five six. Oh god. Do your kids like that? Oh, they love that. Yeah, I would imagine. Man. Okay, I have one last question because one I of feel my like kids said I can put my my whole shoe into the exhaust, and he was very happy about it. <laughs> well, he's obviously a real automotive connoisseur, man. That's a, yeah. that's the hallmark of a car of a car aficionado. So you, I mean, look, you've had you are <coughs> such a you, you you have such interesting um, uh, choices in the cars you buy, um, and what you do to them. <laughs> But one of them I loved was that Bentley uh, uh, Continental T. Continental, it? yeah, that's but one it, but, of the few cars that I have that I regret having sold. Uh, I, I've I, been I, so stupid selling that car, but I don't know. Sometimes uh, the OCD kicks in and uh, basta, 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 and I sell the car, sold the car. So that car belonged to this guy Carlo uh, Talamo, right? Is that right? Correct, Carlo Talamo, yes. Carlo, Carlo Talamo. And, and, and he, was he some sort of a, a bit of a hero to you in some way? Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, not a direct hero because I never had the chance to meet him personally because he passed away a long time ago. But what he has done and the way he has done it was for sure a source of uh, inspiration. Well, what did he do? And how did he do it? So basically, he was uh, pre pre globalization. He was the importer and sole distributor of Harley Davidson in Italy, and he is the father of the Harley Davidson as we we see today. So before it used to be something for Hell's Angels and gangsters, and he made Harley Davidson accessible to 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 to, to regular people. And uh, he didn't only sell the motorcycles on behalf of Ali Davison, but he was also a creative that had a huge influence on, on the company in the US. And thanks to him, Harley Davidson built several special models based on his taste and his idea of what Harley Davidson should have been in, uh, in Europe. That's so interesting, man. So he was kind of like Kinetti in uh, America. That uh... Correct. Okay, that's fascinating. Correct. So he made that, this. He made this. The reason why I said pre-globalization is because if you now have a dealership of I don't know whatever brand wherever you are in the, the Western world, you are owned by the company. Back then, he owned the market, I and see. in order for Harley Davidson to to be able to open dealership in Italy, they had to buy the license from him. Oh, I see. That's a very okay. different arrangement. Okay. Yeah. So he he made this. Did he just he made this Bentley Continental? Uh, uh, Bentley Correct. Co yeah, and that and Bentley about... Continental costed one billion Italian liras in the nineties. <laughs> uh, Hang on, did you say billion? A billion liras, yes, un miliardo di lire. Okay. Uh, which was almost double of the price of the of the car itself. And almost uh, well, for sure, more expensive than an F40. And what did he do to the the this Bentley? Uh, so basically, the car was green, British racing green, with an aluminium bonnet. Do you remember the car had four headlights? He removed the two inner headlights and put two grills, and the front grill had the the, the, the vents painted in yellow. Yeah. Then it had two seats. Uh, with a roll cage on the back, huge exhaust, huge turbine, and the engine was tuned by Cosworth. So yeah. it was like a so it was like a Bentley blower, but a '90s version. It was a Bentley blower of the of the '90s, correct. And and how did you find that car? Um, well, I was uh, we had some mutual friends. And I also owned another car that he built, which was a mini Speedwell, 
It was the original mini with the chopping roofs. So it was like five to 10 centimeters lower with a very steep setup. Uh, 1.3 cc engine with something like four, well, 140, 150 horsepower, short shifting. It was basically a go-kart with the, with the roof. Right. That Bentley's beautiful, man. When I saw yeah. photographs of that, I, I just... And uh, I've been looking to buy that car, but it, apparently it has disappeared. Nobody knows where the car is and or nobody wants to tell me where the car is. And I feel that I did something really stupid and uh, that I would really love to have that car back. Well, I, I, I mean... In, in closing, I would say, if anyone's listening and anyone, anyone knows where that Bentley is, please get in touch with Eugenio, with me. Because uh, you're the person to own that car. I am man. the legitimate owner of that car. <laughs> you, you are bastardo di tutti bastardi, man. You, you, should, you, 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 exactly. really, you, you should have that car. Well, look, I, I just want to say uh, in closing, man, thank you, uh, Eugenio, so much for, for doing no, this. No, uh, Phil, thank, thanks to you. It's been a pleasure and, uh, and an honor as well. Mm. And it's always nice to, to, to have this conversation with like-minded people. Of course, man. And let me, good luck with the electric car. I hope you find some investors, man. I can't wait mm. to see the, 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 the result of the orgy between the Stratos. The... I, will, uh, I will send you, please be discreet, Of course. Uh, the, the, the studio pictures we did on the, on the prototype. Oh, I'd love to see. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, man. All okay. right. Well, look, good luck. I'm envious of your Tommy Mackinnon edition, uh, and I hope you get the Bentley back. And thanks for, again for doing this, Eugenia. It was a real joy. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks so much, man. Ciao. Ciao.